Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 466. Pokemon Go or Stop. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. My name is Michael R. I have a Pokestop in my neighborhood and a gym one street over, and I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I share lessons I've learned from playing and watching others play Pokemon Go. I hope you're enjoying your Thursday. This episode, of course, is about one of the latest trends in gaming, Pokemon Go, and since we're talking about that, our fun fact is about Pokemon. And Pokemon was introduced to America on September 30th, 1998, with Pokemon Red and Blue. And with the yellow edition, which was also called the special Pikachu edition, coming out shortly afterward for the Game Boy Color. There were 151 Pokemon in the original generation, from the lowly Bulbasaur to the mythical Mew. And the second generation of games were then released a year later, and they were called Gold and Silver and included 100 more Pokemon, with the additional Crystal version being the special edition, featuring unique animations for each creature then in 2002 the third generation came out for the game boy advanced and was called ruby and sapphire with emerald as the special edition introducing 135 more pokemon and then the fourth generation diamond and pearl came out in 2006 for nintendo ds bringing 107 new species to the game and the pattern continued this way for three more generations such a popular game including Pokemon Black and White in 2010, Pokemon X and Y in 2013, and Pokemon Sun and Moon earlier this year. Fortunately, for those swept up in the Pokemon Go craze, the mobile game returns to the game's roots with the much more manageable original 151 Pokemon available for capture, making it much easier to catch them all. Now, believe it or not, there have almost been 151 Friday forums since Stuff I Learned Yesterday began, and we'd love for you to participate in the Friday forum. Friday forum is your opportunity to share what you've learned so that I and everyone in the audience can benefit from hearing about your experience. You can participate in the Friday forum by calling our voice feedback line at 304-837-2278 or by visiting goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback, where you can type a message out, send an audio file as an attachment, or just use the SpeakPipe widget. Now here's what I learned yesterday. Pokemon Go has taken the world by storm, and different people seem to view the phenomenon in a variety of ways, both positive and negative. On the one hand, Video gamers are coming out from behind their screens, getting up off their couch, and breathing some fresh air and feeling the sunshine while interacting with their community. On the other hand, they're still staring at their screens and sometimes engaging in unsafe behavior while trying to capture those elusive Pokemon. But before we get into both sides of the issue, let me describe for those of you who are unfamiliar with the game what Pokemon Go players are actually doing. Basically, you are a Pokemon trainer, and your job is to collect as many creatures, each of which has its own set of skills, and make them stronger and mightier so that they can win in a battle against other Pokemon. Pretty straightforward, right? 
You might have a Charmander who uses its blaze skill to burn through its enemies, or you might choose Pikachu who uses electricity to shock its foes into submission. Different players have different favorites, and they feed their Pokemon to make them stronger, higher level, and evolved from cute creature to fearsome beast. Mostly, though, the Pokemon Go players you see wandering around out there are trying to expand their collection, filling in the gaps in their Pokédex and finding the more elusive, rare creatures. Since the game is based on the player's GPS positioning, there are specific locations on a real map of their local town or city where they can hunt, recharge, or do battle. Many of these locations are local landmarks, monuments, parks, churches, and places of business. But the Pokemon creatures can be found just about anywhere. You just have to walk around and wait for your phone to alert you that one is near. Now, the game uses your camera to show you the Pokemon sitting in the actual environment you're in, using a technology called augmented reality. And with a flick of your finger, you can throw a Pokeball at the creature to capture it. Some critters will try to evade confinement, but that's all part of the fun. But, you know, without getting into too much detail, that's pretty much it. You hunt, capture, and collect, and occasionally do battle while you're out and about, rather than in your home. So, I've never played Pokemon, ever. Didn't see the appeal. Never enjoyed turn-based battle-style gaming, even though I was an avid gamer, typically in the role-playing game arena. Pokemon, from my point of view, was for kids. And perhaps for many of you and other adults out there, it still is. So, why are so many people playing this game? I figured I'd see what all the fuss was about and downloaded the game to my phone recently. I quickly discovered some creatures in the park near my house, which also was a Pokestop, where I could collect more balls and other supplies. My collection grew, and I thought, huh, this is pretty neat, because I'm taking a walk and getting some exercise I would not have otherwise gotten. So in the succeeding days, I collected other Pokemon during my bike rides around the park, relishing the motivation to get some fresh air and some much-needed physical activity at the same time. Perfect, I thought. It's like pedometer incentives, but with something much more enjoyable for a gamer like me. I saw no downside. Well, then I went out for my anniversary dinner in the local historic district. This is an area with fancy shops and expensive restaurants, the place you'd usually only find retired folks antiquing and families with children in strollers getting ice cream. Well, after my wife and I had our delicious meal and celebrated the occasion, we went for our traditional romantic walk through the town to enjoy the ambiance. Well, imagine our surprise when we saw the sidewalks lined with people of all ages staring at their phones. The street lamps were on, and the normally quiet town was abuzz with chatter about Vaporeons and Slowbros. My wife was agog. Had this popular game really gotten this far out of control? There must have been 150 people in this sleepy old town. But was it out of control, I thought? What was really happening here? So when we got back to the parking lot to leave, with my wife's permission, because, hello, anniversary, (laughs) I checked my phone. There on my screen were three Pokestops with lure modules dropped on them. 
Now, these were special items that players could buy with real money to draw in Pokemon from the surrounding area to the supply depots for everyone to capture. It was a community event. Maybe even the local storefronts purchased the lore modules to draw in business to their normally quiet town. Who knows? What a cool idea. Of course, my wife didn't see it that way. She lamented the people staring at their screens and reminded me of the news report of people robbing players who used the lure module to bring their victims to a Pokestop at night. And the story of the child who was hunting Pokemon and discovered a dead body in the brush. I had read these reports too and dismissed them as aberrations. But was she right? Had this phenomenon gotten out of hand? So here's what I learned. I don't know, maybe I'm naive. Maybe my years of EverQuest and World of Warcraft have made me blind to the disconnectedness some people see when there are so many kids in restaurants being managed by an iPad rather than by engagement with their family. I get it. But even with online games, I saw the community. Podcasting, for me, is about building the community of people who might never meet in real life, so why should gaming as a hobby be any different? At least Pokemon was getting people out into the world, getting them to those local landmarks, and maybe interacting with others who shared their enthusiasm. Before Pokemon, for example, I never knew that the highest point in our county is the Pokestop also known as the Center Park Water Tower. Now I do. And I desperately needed a better incentive than earning steps on my pedometer to take walks and get some exercise. Are there people that are staring into their screens too much? Sure. I've learned to walk with my phone at my side, waiting for the vibration to tell me a Pokemon is near. People definitely should be cognizant of being disconnected from the world around them, and they should actually enjoy the outdoors as a video gamer for once. But on the flip side of that, non-gamers should not be too judgmental about those people who flocked to Central Park when a rare Pokemon showed up. They're just having fun those people were already playing video games. Others just weren't aware of them because they were on their couch out of public view. Well, guess what? Geeks are out in the world now and their numbers are growing. Get used to it. Embrace it. Look at the positive side of the fad and enjoy the ridiculousness. Oh, I just spotted an Eevee. Gotta go. I'm Michael R. And this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday. To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes by going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes. <laughs>